Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Meredith Kasten. She is the founder of Non-Clinical Physical Therapy. It's a super interesting company uh, that has been doing very well during the pandemic, and uh, it's going to be a phenomenal show. Meredith, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we have a couple of things to talk about and obviously everything in the medical world and the medical industry has had a huge impact from COVID. And we can talk about that at the end of the show um, and how you guys have provided massive amounts of value um, during this time. Uh, but originally, where did you grow? Where did you grow up, Meredith? I grew up in the beautiful town of Tyler, Texas, deep nice. in the heart of East Texas. Tyler, Texas sounds very, very down to earth. Very. You could say that. I would I would call it a little bit more of a sort of snobby southern town, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> the opposite. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, not um, the big fan. <laughs> so, so you so you grew up there. Were your parents entrepreneurs at all, or were they in business? Or were they farmers or something? Or no, quite the opposite. Neither of them are from there originally. They went there for my dad's job. Neither are even remotely entrepreneurial. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur either. This is. I came from very much, hey, my mom used to always say a bird in a hand is worth two in the bush. She was like, find a job, keep it, stay there forever. Wow. So you're yeah. like, you're, you're the rebel child. Yes, definitely. You're not, in, you're not in Texas anymore. You're in San Diego. So right. My like, sister's still in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rebel child. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay. So, so did you go to school out there in Texas or did you go do it in San Diego? No, I got out of there as soon as I could. I went to school in Philadelphia and then moved back briefly to Austin to live near my sister because I didn't know what to do after college. And then met a guy, as so many do, followed him out to San Diego, broke up immediately, and then just awesome. found myself in love with San Diego. And well, you, you got left in Man Diego. So oh, that's right. <laughs> like you weren't. It wasn't a bad place for him to leave. Right. You. Oh, you're going to leave me with all these attractive men everywhere. Such right, a horrible right. thing. So sorry. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, uh, yeah. what did you, what did you do in school? Did you focus on a business or did you, what did you, what did you uh, do? Uh, physical yeah, therapy? I was communications major, which communication. in my case just okay. meant like majoring and partying. So I really I, was My not... major was uh, in communicating ma lots of parties and. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I worked, I worked hard. I didn't like flunk out and I tried to get good grades and everything, but it was, I didn't have a plan for my life. I wasn't like, Oh, when I get out, I'm going to be this rock star XYZ. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a dentist when I went to school, realized within two weeks, I didn't want to be a dentist. Yeah. So then I switched my major to communications and just kind of sat there and like rotted away for four years and figured <laughs> I'd just deal with it when I got out. You lasted longer than me. Cause I mean, I didn't even like go to the point of, uh, you know, lasting four years. I was, I was going to, I went to automotive engineering. And then after that, I was like, after about a year and a half, I was like, I don't want to work on cars for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. someone told me that you can make the most money in sales ever. So I was like, well, 
people make the most money in sales. I just want to make a lot of money. So uh, I'm going to go into sales and then yeah. dropped out. But uh, most of the time, most of the time I was playing volleyball and partying. Yeah. So, you know, like it wasn't a really good use of my time anyway. <laughs> You're developing your people skills that you needed. in the Yeah, sales. it's pretty much, that was pretty much it. So, so, you, so you, you followed a guy out here, you yeah. know, that didn't work out. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was, pretty good that it that it didn't work out I mean, I <laughs> well of course yeah, yeah. Position now. <laughs> like you got the best guys in the whole world here so i mean it's like <laughs> phenomenal um and then so you see that happened and then when did this whole kind of first business entrepreneur kind of like seed start to happen you know it's funny i had all these crazy business ideas way before i did any of this my friend and i had a car freshener business at one point where we were manufacturing those little paper car fresheners and i have like seven thousand of them rotting away under our house right now awesome um yeah, yeah. he finally was just like you got to get these out of my place and i didn't have the heart to throw them away and so you can have them if you want them but um but i tried a, a couple of things over the years where i was like oh this would be a fun idea but it was never really solving a problem for anyone and right. So for me, it was always just on the side. It was never like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be my business and I'm going to get rich doing this. But what ended up happening with this current business was I just started blogging to help people and it, it wasn't supposed to be a business. So it's just, it's a little ironic. And that all the ones where I'm like, I'm going to start a business yeah. didn't really ever take off because I just, I guess I just wasn't really thinking about the long term goal of them. What, what are they going to do to help people? Yeah, you were just like, hey, this sounds fun. Let's just do yeah. it, you know? And uh, I mean, I think it's really important to stay on that mode, but then just like slightly tweaking it, right? Like, okay, let's do something that's fun. Let's do something I really enjoy, but also provide value that people are and solve some kind of problem. It's like the combination of those two things. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't told this to anyone actually on the podcast at all. So everyone listening, this is going to be your first time. Uh, but, you know, I actually, one of my very, very first business ideas, which was very crazy. It was very short. It was, uh, it was very, very, it was like this just wild idea. I was, I left my job or I got fired, I guess, for like the 17th <laughs> time. Um, uh, so I got fired from my job. So I just kind of like, just didn't, didn't go to work one day. I was just like, I'm just tired of this. Right. <laughs> I laid in my bed one morning <clears throat> on this air mattress at this apartment complex in the middle of Washington with my brother, my brother was on the bed too. Cause he was like homeless at the time. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to work today. And I just like laid there. Like, I'm just I'm not going to do this. I was like door knocking, you know, for like a, for like a triple pane window company trying to get appointments. And I was like, I'm tired of walking every single day for like $15 an hour. Um, so I, so I, so then I just, you know, I kind of like just left, I guess I quit at that point. Um, <laughs> and then from there I had this idea, this crazy idea. Cause the thing is, as a, as a person that solicits, you know, like people at um, people's doors, you know, you get a lot of rejection. People are sometimes are like quite mean to you, you know, like they'll stick the dog on you and everything. And, uh, and so I had this idea, like after, after I left, I was like, you know what, what if I go and I solicit non-soliciting signs? So that way people don't have to be solicited anymore. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I literally went to like Home Depot and I got these non-soliciting signs. And I just was like, about, I was like knocking on doors. I was, I was, I was like trying to basically solicit non-soliciting signs. Yeah, how did like it turn out? <laughs> well, I got to the point where I walked up to the first house and I had these non-soliciting signs in my hand. 
and I was about to solicit and I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was like, was I mean, big... it's pretty funny. It makes for a great story. Yeah, it was, a, it was, I was I, then after that, I just put them in the back of my car and I was like, I'm never, I'm going to, I'm going to go do something else. This is ridiculous. Um, but okay. So going back into non-clinical. So how did that first initial, you know, you started to provide value after your kind of little, little teeny things here and there. How were you first helping people with physical therapy with non-clinical? Yeah. So when I was first a PT, I really didn't enjoy the work. And that was, that was an unfortunate reality for me because it was a second career. We're very similar. I can tell we uh, like to try a lot of things, Yeah. but it was my second career after graphic design career. And I realized, oh my gosh, I don't really like touching people all day and hearing about their complaints and hearing management say, work harder, work harder, document, stay late, don't get paid, all those fun things. So I started blogging because I was able to move out of a clinical role. I was able to land a non-clinical role where I was still using my degree and license and everything, but, and getting paid as a PT, but I wasn't actually touching physically and dealing with people. And I, once I did that, all these people were, were asking me, like, how the hell did you do that? I wanted, yeah. I want a similar job. And so I, I got so many questions that I started writing articles so I could just be like, Oh, here's an article. I wrote about it. Here's an article. I wrote about it. Cause I would get tagged in Facebook groups. You're oh, in communication, so you're really good about that anyway. Yeah, it was my thing. And I, and I love writing. And so then I started blogging and then the blogging turned into what I'm doing now. And, um, I always had kind of a vision when I started the blog because my, my, I should say one of my two first non-clinical roles was in kind of content creation and content marketing. So I already kind of had this idea of, well, if this ever grew, it could theoretically become a business, but my plan was never to make it a business. It was kind of, it was like, let me just see what happens and see if people even want this as much as I think they do. And then if they do, I'll figure it out later. I'll figure out how to actually monetize this thing. But for now, I'm just going to get the information out and, and information first was always my, yeah. Provide value first, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so you're so you're doing the blogging, and then how did you eventually kind of transition into like what you get, what you're currently doing? I started. I would say I first started coaching. So I was blogging, and then people would write write to me through my contact form, and they'd say, oh, "Can you just spend a few minutes with me on the phone?" And at the time I was still working full time. This blog was my side gig. It was a hobby. And so I would be talking to people on my lunch break after work on my weekends. And I started realizing this is not sustainable if I want to have any work-life balance to be helping people, um, even if I charge them on weekends and holidays and nights and everything. And so at a certain point I had enough I was also doing freelance writing on the side because again, I like to do everything. And so I had enough freelance writing and enough coaching people coming in that I was like, it's going to be a pay cut, but I can at least see if I can then build this and make this into something else. Cause that was my passion at this point. I had so many people wanting to learn and I had, I feel like so much information to help them get out and do something else and not feel like they were total failures and like they were wasting their degrees and their education. So I had all this information to share and it was just like, do I get to actually get paid to do this or am I just going to keep, I mean, I was getting paid, but it was not a good lifestyle. So that was my, my leap of faith was, okay, can I make this work financially and still love it as much as I do? So I basically like ran off the cliff. Luckily, my husband has a lot of tech skills because he's an engineer. So that's really nice because he's able to help me when I get really frustrated or stuck on something. And I don't, I just can't think about it anymore. And I can't, I don't want to think about it anymore. He'll step in usually and be like, oh, it's this thing or, oh, it needs this little tweak. So 
it worked really well and it grew, it grew quickly. So. Awesome. So, so it kind of went into the coaching and then from there sort of this device. So real quick, like a, in a, like a couple sentences. So non-clinical physical therapy, um, essentially kind of helps people get into the whole non-clinical physical therapy kind of side, but, but what's the, what's the primary value piece there? Yeah, I would say the non-clinical PT helps people who are PTs, OTs, and SLPs, or in that space that can be assistants. It helps them find alternative careers that still make use of their degree in education so that they don't have to completely start over from ground zero. You can take all that knowledge and education you have and parlay it into a job where you're going to be making either similar pay or higher pay, and you're going to have more flexibility and more respect. Love it. And so do they, do they come on board as far as like a network and you just kind of come in and you get, you know, access to all this information is it like a training, uh, kind of program or yeah. how does it work? So my main offerings that I have, I have kind of the free stuff. I've got some paid stuff and then I've got coaching if people really want to go to that level. The free stuff, I have a Facebook group where you can network and learn all sorts of things. And then I have tons of free content and articles. And I do what I consider kind of a written podcast where I interview people on the website and I just find out about them, how they got into their career, what their pros and cons are what they recommend to people wanting to do the same. Mm -hmm. And then I have an online course and this is my main revenue stream is my online course where it walks you through the entire process going from, I have no freaking idea what to do to I am fully prepared and applying with confidence, landing jobs, negotiating the rate that I want kind of thing. So it takes them through the entire process. And then if people don't want all of that, maybe they're married to a career coach or something. So they already have all that information about resumes, cover letters, negotiating, and they just want a little bit of information about specific career packs. I have these career paths, I should say, I have these smaller non-clinical career starter packs. So people can find those if they just want to find out, okay, what am I going to get asked in an interview? Or um, what do I need to do to my resume to look marketable? So Love it. Okay, cool. So you have like kind of multiple different value pieces that you have. And I saw you have like a lot of people that are some that are part of these groups, like 12,000 people like are a part of this Facebook group, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, so with the online courses, are you, are you, how are you primarily advertising with like your business? Is it just their online marketing and SEO? Or how do you get people to, you know, know about non clinical? SEO, I would say is my number one strategy. And I'm just an SEO nerd. I love it. And so Great. Well, the- we have a lot to talk about. Oh, we do. Yes. Okay. I love SEO. We should totally geek out about it after this. But um, but yeah, SEO is my main strategy and it has been from day one. Just, I love to write. So I knew that I wanted people to find me instead of pushing things on them. And I I think people are ready to take action when they're, when they're the ones looking for it versus, Oh, Hey, this, I never thought about this. Um, But that's a cool idea. I'll file that away for later. But when someone's had a bad day at work and they're going, Googling, you know, what else can I do with a PT degree or what can I do with an occupational therapy degree? I want them to find my article, read it, see, I know what I'm doing, join my communities. And then if they're not getting enough from the free content that I offer, then they can enroll in my course. And I've always set things up that way because I want people, I did it for free. I didn't spend money to get where I am and and I'm cheap. So I didn't want to spend money. I don't want people to feel like they have to spend money to make it happen, but they have to also realize that they're going to have to grind and hustle and all those words that you know, the entrepreneur words, but they're going to have to work really hard to do all the research themselves. They're going to have to find all the career paths. They're going to have to research how to make a cover letter. They're going to have to research how to write their resume properly or pay hundreds of dollars to get someone to write it for 
them. So they're going to end up doing all of this themselves, or they can just enroll in my course and it's done for them. Yeah, which is really, really nice. what you're doing, you're expediting the process. Like, so that yeah. would deal with so much, so much um, difficulty. It reminds me of that book, The Go-Giver. Um, it's a really phenomenal, I'm not sure if you read it, but yeah. it talks about, you know, basically going and then giving first. And then when you, when you give eventually, you know, it'll be returned. Um, in some sort of way. So it sounds like a lot of those things you already do, Facebook groups and articles and different blogs and all this information, right? You're providing value right off the bat for free. And then, you know, when people, when you, when they're already kind of like hooked, you know, they're already like, okay, this is amazing. Meredith produces so much value for us. And then you can say, well, you know, if you want to expedite that process, then great, you can go to our online course. And that's a really, really smart way of doing business. Um, you know, it's like the free plus shipping kind of model. Like you come in, you get something for free, you pay a little shipping on it. Right. And then they're like, Hey, but do you want this little, you know, weird thing that attaches to this other thing? Or do you want a, you know, a, 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 a selfie stick, you know, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, there's always these things. And I think it's really, really important to kind of go with that. Um, method and it sounds like you already you already knew that did you did you just learn that organically were you always that kind of person or like or did you kind of take a course and work with someone like Russell Brunson or something like that no you know I listened to Amy Porterfield a lot and so I think I kind of learned from her in a sense that you can give away a ton of really free good content and not lose business over it. If anything, you're probably getting business from it. And, um, I really respect her and I've listened a lot to Pat Flynn. I know they're both local and both of them have that same sort of philosophy of give, 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 give. And by the way, I, you know, me, you trust me. If you want more help, here's this option for you. And so I wouldn't say it's the exact same model per se, because it's, offering something totally different. But I remember when I was first looking at, well, how do I make, how do I kind of monetize this without being a creep? I just didn't want to resort to like sneaky tricks because there are a lot of people in our space that use a lot of creepy tricks and, um, that's fine. It works for them. It's just personally, I just, it doesn't work for the smartest of the smartest people though. Like it works for the person that's like randomly scrolling through Instagram is like, "Mm, I'm cut off guard. Like, and doesn't really know you know, the, uh, the black Friday, 80% off deal is really, you know, uh, 70% profit for the company, you know, it's just a, it's just a mind game, you know? So yeah, it works, but it doesn't work for the smartest of people. So, and you're dealing with more of an, like a higher end, more of an, really kind of an intelligent group of individuals, um, and people that are buying your courses, you're kind of working with them intimately. So you want to be more genuine. So it's smart. Yeah. To- yeah, definitely. Most of them are pretty, they're pretty educated. They, in a lot of their cases, they love what they do, but it's not working for them anymore. Either they're just burned out and they like their body hurts or their mind hurts, or they're just overwhelmed or they're not getting paid enough. But most of them still kind of love the core of what they do. And so I think appealing to their love of the profession is another way that I've gone a different direction because I don't want to, I don't want to be like, Oh, PT sucks. You should do something else because it doesn't, it's a wonderful profession and occupational and speech therapy too. Wonderful professions. It's just the climate we're in right now. Um, and it has been like this since before the pandemic, it's, it's hard on the, on us slash them, you know, pay raises are very rare. Reimbursement dictates everything. So if Medicare doesn't want to pay for it, you're not going to get paid for it. So right. the price of education is rising. The salaries are declining. It's just not, people aren't experiencing the kind of growth that you would 
or that they would if they went into other career paths. So I want to bring their love of PT and OT and SLP and show them how they can say, you know, to your point, to being in sales with that background, they can go into clinical sales. They can go work for a company like DJO Global or Bragg, you know, they're located right here, but they look for people with that rehab background. And a lot of times people just don't know that that's out there. Yeah. Oh, it's super important. Like that's some super extremely valuable key information that people would need to be able to grow and continue to grow. Um, so you mentioned the pandemic. I'm curious how has non-clinical been affected by the pandemic? Yeah, well, it's been growing a lot. And I think, I think that has to do with the fact that lots of people are getting furloughed and laid off. And even when that's not happening, they're not always feeling super appreciated at work. There's not exactly the hazard pay that a lot of nurses get for rehab clinicians, even though we work just as closely with patients, really face-to-face. Sometimes you're picking them up and moving them. Mm -hmm. And so there's not really that hazard pay in a lot of cases. And people are scared. We have a lot of women who come who are maybe pregnant or they have small children and they're they're like, I don't want to bring this home to my family. And so it's I've grown a lot during this time. And there is, as we were kind of chatting beforehand, I have a bit of guilt about it. Um, But I'm also kind of proud because I think that you that hopefully what I'm bringing to people is showing them alternative paths they can take and still feel really proud of the work that they put into being clinicians and say, okay, well, I put in one year, I put in 20 years, whatever it is, I can take that, feel proud of it, and then move on to the next phase of my life and not feel like I have to start over from ground zero. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's super, it's super uh, phenomenal. I mean, so, so it sounds like you're really continuing to grow and scale at, at, a, at a ridiculous rate during this time, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. Is that due to all of your amazing SEO work? (laughs) First of all, thank you. And yeah, I would say that the SEO really helps. I'm my main two places that people find me are through either Facebook specifically, my group gets shared and shared and shared in other groups. And then, um, and then yeah, SEO, I've got my homepage SEO to, to a free mini course that people can take just to get kind of get an idea of what's going to happen if you want to leave the profession, you know, or not leave the profession. That's the wrong wording, but you want to go for a non-clinical role. Like what does that really mean? And so I would say those are my two places I grow from and it's growing quickly. I think word of mouth is big. I get good testimonials from people who've taken the course. So I'm grateful that I don't have to use Facebook ads or I don't really run any ads or do any pay for any advertising at this point. It's all word of mouth. And then I do have a few affiliates who sell sell my course who have taken it and they can kind of attest to how good it is. And um, I would say that's probably the main way that it's spreading. And then I just try to, you were saying growing and scaling, and I definitely don't want to scale in the sense that I don't want to hire more people unless it's someone kind of on like a 1099 basis. All and super intimate groups right now are the way of the future. I think. And yeah, hundred percent. And it's not only that, but it's like, because we're becoming more and more mobile and more and more working from home. I mean, working from home was like back in the day, it was like, like, wow, you're weird. Like, what do you yeah. do? Like, knit for your mom or something like that? Like, that's what it was. It was like, oh, heck. but now it's like, oh, you work from home. Oh, so do I. Like, of course, everyone in the freaking universe does. And so I, th- I think it's really, really important to understand that it's going to be the normal way of moving forward. Uh, and also that uh, you know, small and small, tight group teams, you know, I've seen the most phenomenal entrepreneurs like have extremely small, like 10, 15 people, you know, like running massive organizations, like producing 
well, maybe not massive organizations, but creating massive impact. Yeah. You know, like having, doing hundreds of millions of dollars in sales, so, you know, like, and so it's just nuts to see um, that you don't need really like, you don't need a lot of people per se, and everyone can still be working from home uh, and being in the online course industry. We all know now that the, you know, the schooling or the, the learning industry, the education industry is rapidly changing at a pace that we've never seen before, which is good because honestly, the previous model sucked. Everyone knows <laughs> that it does. Like you just sat in a stupid little chair and you'd have to wait until you're like break time and then go. I like the social aspect of it, but you know, the way that we learned was really kind of dumb, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think that what's happening right now, like I have a small, I have a five-year-old and like, he's going to first grade and his first grade is literally on his iPad. Like he just goes and he just sits on his iPad and he does his schooling on it. Whoa. It's that he's doing. It's weird. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's somewhat more personalized, you know, if it, I think adding a tutor or someone like that can help, you know, him through the process as well. And I think it's, I think it's important. I mean, completely being completely solo, being a first grader on an iPad, like, come on, the the kids like barely hit bare focus right now at all. And anyway, yeah. every two yeah. minutes he wants to take a picture or something, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I think, I think the way that things are changing is, is really phenomenal. It's a, trillion dollar industry, the education industry and being in online courses, I developed an online course myself that did very, very well um, in 2019 has continued to help a lot of people. And I think that people are always looking for ways to learn online and create new ways and create new ways of revenue and things of that nature. And you can scale it at phenomenal paces. Like you can have, you know, 500, you know, new clients in one day take you your course and it doesn't cost you anything. Like, just yeah. the, the time to develop it once and you can resell that online course over and over and over and over okay. and over again. Uh, so your profit margins are ridiculous. So it's, it's so, I mean, it's, I, I love, I love the direction that you're going. It's very smart. Thank you. Yeah. It's been great to just, it's been great to be able to kind of maintain this, the smallness of it, but then I just try to automate something. You were, you were talking about those small teams that do big things and my philosophy has always been, okay, once I figure out that something's working, how can I kind of automate this so that mm-hmm. it's taking less time? And again, I mean, shout out to the husband who I think of, oh, I want to automate this. And then he actually automates it a lot of the time. Love it. So, but I would even say for someone who wants to do this and doesn't have an engineer husband, you can pay someone to automate it for you and it's still going to pay back in dividends. That's, I mean, that, that's the goal. People think that, oh, like the, the reason why I became an entrepreneur, I wanted to hustle and grind and like, like, bro, the reason why I want to become an entrepreneur is because I was hustling and I was grinding. Like yes. it was, and it sucked, you yeah. know, like, and I, and I thought that I was going to do it until I'm 50. And I'm like, I don't want to do it until I'm 50. I want to do it for like maybe a few years and then yeah. kick it and chill yeah. and yeah. like have the life that I want. So yeah. the, being able to automate and being able to create things that literally run themselves is like the goal, you know, that's the goal. Like, did not, I want to drink my ties on the beach and not have to work at all and make all of the money I ever want and then be able to go just provide value when I want to. And that's the goal here. So, um, you so you're, you're doing all the right things. How, so I, it's really, really amazing. Uh, Meredith, you're doing a lot of phenomenal things. How do people get a hold of you? Thank you. It, you can go to the nonclinicalpt.com, just the nonclinicalpt, no dashes.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on all, all the social medias and everything, but the main way is just go to the website and then you can find links to everything from there. 
Awesome. Yeah. Anyone, if it wants to go ahead and if you're in the physical therapy world or you just want to know how to kind of transition from one career to the next, I'm sure Meredith has a lot of value to give you and a lot of information. So thank you so much, Meredith, for being on the show thank today. You. And we'll have to have you on later on this year, uh, see how everything's progressing and maybe see another new online course or another new expansion you'll be doing um, as you continue to grow. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.